chapter forty seven of monsieur lecoq part two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by tony oliva monsieur lecoq by emile gaborio part two chapter forty seven of all the persons who witnessed baron d'escorval's terrible fall the abbe was the only one who did not despair what a learned doctor would not have dared to do he did he was a priest he had faith he remembered the sublime saying of ambroise pare i dress the wound god heals it after a six months sojourn in father poignot's secluded farmhouse m d'escorval was able to sit up and to walk about a little with the aid of crutches then he began to be seriously inconvenienced by his cramped quarters in the loft where prudence compelled him to remain and it was with transports of joy that he welcomed the idea of taking up his abode at the borderie with marianne when the day of departure had been decided upon he counted the minutes as impatiently as a schoolboy pining for vacation i am suffocating here he said to his wife i am suffocating time drags so slowly when will the happy day come it came at last during the morning all the articles which they had succeeded in procuring during their stay at the farmhouse were collected and packed and when night came poignot's son began the moving everything is at the borderie said the honest fellow on returning from his last trip and mademoiselle lacheneur bids the baron bring a good appetite i shall have one never fear responded the baron gaily we shall all have one father poignot himself was busily engaged in harnessing his best horse to the cart which was to convey m d'escorval to his new home the worthy man's heart grew sad at the thought of the departure of these guests for whose sake he had incurred such danger he felt that he should miss them that the house would seem gloomy and deserted after they left it he would allow no one else to perform the task of arranging the mattress comfortably in the cart when this had been done to his satisfaction he heaved a deep sigh and exclaimed it is time to start slowly he ascended the narrow staircase leading to the loft m d'escorval had not thought of the moment of parting at the sight of the honest farmer who came toward him his face crimsoned with emotion to bid him farewell he forgot all the comforts that awaited him at the borderie in the remembrance of the loyal and courageous hospitality he had received in the house he was about to leave the tears sprang to his eyes you have rendered me a service which nothing can repay father poignot he said with intense feeling you have saved my life oh we will not talk of that baron in my place you would have done the same neither more nor less i shall not attempt to express my thanks but i hope to live long enough to prove that i am not ungrateful the staircase was so narrow that they had considerable difficulty in carrying the baron down but finally they had him comfortably extended upon his mattress and threw over him a few hands full of straw which concealed him entirely farewell then said the old farmer when the last handshake had been exchanged or rather au revoir monsieur le baron madame and you my good cure 
already inquired young poignot yes replied the invalid the cart driven with the utmost caution by the young peasant started slowly on its way madame d'escorval leaning upon the abbe's arm walked about twenty paces in the rear it was very dark but had it been as light as day the former cure of sairmeuse might have encountered any of his old parishioners without the least danger of detection his hair and his beard had been allowed to grow his tonsure had entirely disappeared and his sedentary life had caused him to become much stouter he was clad like all the well-to-do peasants of the neighborhood and his face was hidden by a large slouch hat he had not felt so tranquil in mind for months obstacles which had appeared almost insurmountable had vanished in the near future he saw the baron declared innocent by impartial judges he saw himself reinstalled in the presbytery of sairmeuse the recollection of maurice was the only thing that marred his happiness why did he not give some sign of life but if he had met with any misfortune we should have heard of it thought the priest he has with him a brave man an old soldier who would risk anything to come and tell us he was so absorbed in these thoughts that he did not observe that madame d'escorval was leaning more and more heavily upon his arm i am ashamed to confess it she said at last but i can go no farther it has been so long since i was out of doors that i have almost forgotten how to walk fortunately we are almost there replied the priest a moment after young poignot stopped his cart in the road at the entrance of the little footpath leading to the borderie our journey is ended he remarked to the baron then he uttered a low whistle like that which he had given a few hours before to warn marianne of his arrival no one appeared he whistled again louder this time then with all his might still no response madame d'escorval and the abbe had now overtaken the cart it is very strange that marianne does not hear me remarked young poignot turning to them we cannot take the baron to the house until we have seen her she knows that very well shall i run up and warn her she is asleep perhaps replied the abbe you stay with your horse my boy and i will go and wake her certainly he did not feel the slightest disquietude all was calm and still a bright light was shining through the windows of the second story still when he saw the open door a vague presentiment of evil stirred his heart what can this mean he thought there was no light in the lower rooms and the abbe was obliged to feel for the staircase with his hands at last he found it and went up but upon the threshold of the chamber he paused petrified with horror by the spectacle before him poor marianne was lying on the floor her eyes which were wide open were covered with a white film her black and swollen tongue was hanging from her mouth dead faltered the priest dead but this could not be the abbe conquered his weakness and approaching the poor girl he took her hand it was icy cold the arm was rigid as iron poisoned he murmured poisoned with arsenic he rose to his feet and cast a bewildered glance around the room his eyes fell upon his medicine chest open upon the table he rushed to it and unhesitatingly took out a vial uncorked it and inverted it on the palm of his hand it was empty 
i was not mistaken he exclaimed but he had no time to lose in conjectures the first thing to be done was to induce the baron to return to the farmhouse without telling him the terrible misfortune which had occurred to find a pretext was easy enough the priest hastened back to the wagon and with well-affected calmness told the baron that it would be impossible for him to take up his abode at the borderie at present that several suspicious-looking characters had been seen prowling about and that they must be more prudent than ever now they could rely upon the kindly intervention of martial de sairmeuse at last but not without considerable reluctance the baron yielded you desire it cure he sighed so i obey come poignot my boy take me back to your father's house madame d'escorval took a seat in the cart beside her husband the priest watched them as they drove away and not until the sound of their carriage wheels had died away in the distance did he venture to go back to the borderie he was ascending the stairs when he heard moans that seemed to issue from the chamber of death the sound sent all his blood wildly rushing to his heart he darted up the staircase a man was kneeling beside marianne weeping bitterly the expression of his face his attitude his sobs betrayed the wildest despair he was so lost in grief that he did not observe the abbe's entrance who was this mourner who had found his way to the house of death after a moment the priest divined who the intruder was though he did not recognize him jean he cried jean lacheneur with a bound the young man was on his feet pale and menacing a flame of anger drying the tears in his eyes who are you he demanded in a terrible voice what are you doing here what do you wish with me by his peasant dress and by his long beard the former cure of sermes was so effectually disguised that he was obliged to tell who he really was as soon as he uttered his name jean uttered a cry of joy god has sent you here he exclaimed marianne cannot be dead you who have saved so many others will save her as the priest sadly pointed to heaven jean paused his face more ghastly than before he understood now that there was no hope ah he murmured with an accent of frightful despondency fate shows us no mercy i have been watching over marianne though from a distance and this very evening i was coming to say to her beware sister be cautious what you knew i knew she was in great danger yes monsieur an hour ago while i was eating my supper in a restaurant at sermeuse grolet's son entered is this you jean said he i just saw chupin hiding near your sister's house when he observed me he slunk away i ran here like one crazed but when fate is against a man what can he do i came too late the abbe reflected for a moment then you suppose that it was chupin i do not suppose sir i swear that it was he the miserable traitor who committed this foul deed still what motive could he have had jean burst into one of those discordant laughs that are perhaps the most frightful signs of despair you may rest assured that the blood of the daughter will yield him a richer reward than did the father's chupin has been the vile instrument but it was not he who conceived the crime you will have to seek higher for the culprit much higher in the finest chateau of the country in the midst of an army of valets at sermeuse in short wretched man what do you mean what i say and coldly he added 
martial de sairmeuse is the assassin the priest recoiled really appalled by the looks and manner of the grief-stricken man you are mad he said severely but jean gravely shook his head if i seem so to you sir he replied it is only because you are ignorant of martial's wild passion for marianne he wished to make her his mistress she had the audacity to refuse this honor that was a crime for which she must be punished when the marquis de sairmeuse became convinced that lacheneur's daughter would never be his he poisoned her that she might not belong to another any attempt to convince jean of the folly of his accusation would have been vain at the moment no proofs would have convinced him he would have closed his eyes to all evidence to-morrow when he is more calm i will reason with him thought the abbe then turning to jean he said we cannot allow the body of the poor girl to remain here upon the floor assist me and we will place it upon the bed jean trembled from head to foot and his hesitation was apparent very well he said at last after a severe struggle no one had ever slept upon this bed which poor chanlouineau had destined for marianne it shall be for her he said to himself or for no one and it was marianne who rested there first dead when this sad task was accomplished he threw himself into the same armchair in which marianne had breathed her last and with his face buried in his hands and his elbows supported upon his knees he sat there as silent and motionless as the statues of sorrow placed above the last resting-places of the dead the abbe knelt at the head of the bed and began the recital of the prayers for the dead entreating god to grant peace and happiness in heaven to her who had suffered so much upon earth but he prayed only with his lips in spite of his efforts his mind would persist in wandering he was striving to solve the mystery that enshrouded marianne's death had she been murdered could it be that she had committed suicide this explanation recurred to him but he could not believe it but on the other hand how could her death possibly be the result of a crime he had carefully examined the room and he had discovered nothing that betrayed the presence of a stranger all that he could prove was that his vial of arsenic was empty and that marianne had been poisoned by the bullion a few drops of which were left in the bowl that was standing upon the mantel when daylight comes thought the abbe i will look outside when morning broke he went into the garden and made a careful examination of the premises at first he saw nothing that gave him the least clue and was about to abandon the investigations when upon entering the little grove he saw in the distance a large dark stain upon the grass he went nearer it was blood much excited he summoned jean to inform him of the discovery someone has been assassinated here said lacheneur and it happened last night for the blood has not had time to dry the victim lost a great deal of blood the priest remarked it might be possible to discover who he was by following these stains i am going to try responded jean go back to the house sir i will soon return a child might have followed the track of the wounded man the blood-stains left in his passage were so frequent and so distinct these tell-tale marks stopped at chupin's house the door was closed jean rapped without the slightest hesitation the old poacher's eldest son opened the door and jean saw a strange spectacle the traitor's body had been thrown on the ground in a corner of the room the bed was overturned and broken all the straw had been torn from the mattress and the wife and sons of the dead man armed with pickaxes and spades 
were wildly overturning the beaten soil that formed the floor of the hovel they were seeking the hidden treasures what do you want demanded the widow rudely father chupin you can see very plainly that he has been murdered replied one of the sons and brandishing his pick a few inches from jean's head he exclaimed and you perhaps are the assassin but that is for justice to determine now decamp if you do not had he listened to the promptings of anger jean lacheneur would certainly have attempted to make the chupins repent their menaces but a conflict was scarcely permissible under the circumstances he departed without a word and hastened back to the borderie the death of chupin overturned all his plans and greatly irritated him i had sworn that the vile wretch who betrayed my father should perish by my hand he murmured and now my vengeance has escaped me some one has robbed me of it then he asked himself who the murderer could be is it possible that martial assassinated chupin after he murdered marianne to kill an accomplice is an effectual way of assuring one's self of his silence he had reached the borderie and was about going upstairs when he thought he heard the sound of voices in the back room that is strange he said to himself who can it be and impelled by curiosity he went and tapped upon the communicating door the abbe instantly made his appearance hurriedly closing the door behind him he was very pale and visibly agitated who is it inquired jean eagerly it is it is guess who it is how can i guess maurice d'escorval and corporal bavois my god and it is a miracle that he has not been upstairs but whence does he come why have we received no news of him i do not know he has been here only five minutes poor boy after i told him that his father was safe his first words were and marie-anne he loves her more devotedly than ever he comes with his heart full of her confident and hopeful and i tremble i fear to tell him the truth oh terrible terrible i have warned you be prudent and now come in they entered the room together and maurice and the old soldier greeted jean with the most ardent expressions of friendship they had not seen each other since the duel on the Reche which had been interrupted by the arrival of the soldiers and when they parted that day they scarcely expected to meet again and now we are together once more said maurice gaily and we have nothing to fear never had the unfortunate man seemed so cheerful and it was with the most jubilant air that he explained the reason of his long silence three days after we crossed the frontier said he corporal bavois and i reached turin it was time for we were tired out we went to a small inn and they gave us a room with two beds that evening while we were undressing the corporal said to me i am capable of sleeping two whole days without waking i too promised myself a rest of at least twelve hours we reckoned without our host as you will see it was scarcely daybreak when we were awakened by a great tumult a dozen rough-looking men entered our room and ordered us in italian to dress ourselves they were too strong for us so we obeyed and an hour later we were in prison confined in the same cell our reflections i confess were not couleur de rose i well remember how the corporal said again and again in that cool way of his it will require four days to obtain our extradition three days to take us back to montaignac that is seven days it will take 
one day more to try me so i have in all eight days to live upon my word that was exactly what i thought said the old soldier approvingly for five months continued maurice instead of saying good-night to each other we said to-morrow they will come for us but they did not come we were kindly treated they did not take away my money and they willingly sold us little luxuries they also granted us two hours of exercise each day in the courtyard and even loaned us books to read in short i should not have had any particular cause to complain if i had been allowed to receive or to forward letters or if i had been able to communicate with my father or with marianne but we were in the secret cells and were not allowed to have any intercourse with the other prisoners at length our detention seemed so strange and became so insupportable to us that we resolved to obtain some explanation of it cost what it might we changed our tactics up to that time we had been quite submissive we suddenly became violent and intractable we made the prison resound with our cries and protestations we were continually sending for the superintendent we claimed the intervention of the french ambassador we were not obliged to wait long for the result one fine afternoon the superintendent released us not without expressing much regret at being deprived of the society of such amiable and charming guests our first act as you may suppose was to run to the ambassador we did not see that dignitary but his secretary received us he knit his brows when i told him my story and became excessively grave i remember each word of his reply monsieur said he i can swear that the persecution of which you have been the object in france had nothing whatever to do with your detention here and as i express my astonishment one moment he added i shall express my opinion very frankly one of your enemies i leave you to discover which one must exert a very powerful influence in turin you were in his way perhaps he had you imprisoned by the piedmontese police with a heavy blow of his clenched fist jean lacheneur made the table beside him reel ah the secretary was right he exclaimed maurice it was martial de sairmeuse who caused your arrest or the marquis de coutomieux interrupted the abbe with a warning glance at jean a wrathful light gleamed for an instant in the eyes of maurice but it vanished almost immediately and he shrugged his shoulders carelessly nonsense said he i do not wish to trouble myself any more about the past my father is well again that is the main thing we can easily find some way of getting him safely across the frontier marianne and i by our devotion will strive to make him forget that my rashness almost cost him his life he is so good so indulgent to the faults of others we will take up our residence in italy or in switzerland you will accompany us monsieur l'abbe and you also jean as for you corporal it is decided that you belong to our family nothing could be more horrible than to see this man upon whose life such a terrible blight was about to fall so bright and so full of hope and confidence the impression produced upon jean and the abbe was so terrible that in spite of their efforts it showed itself in their faces and maurice remarked their agitation what is the matter 
he inquired in evident surprise they trembled hung their heads but did not say a word the unfortunate man's astonishment changed to a vague inexpressible fear he enumerated all the misfortunes which could possibly have befallen him what has happened he asked in a stifled voice my father is safe is he not you said that my mother would desire nothing if i were with her again is it marianne he hesitated courage maurice murmured the abbe courage the stricken man tottered as if about to fall his face grew whiter than the plastered wall against which he leaned for support marianne is dead he exclaimed jean and the abbe were silent dead maurice repeated and no secret voice warned me dead when she died only last night replied jean maurice rose last night said he in that case she is still here where upstairs and without waiting for any response he darted toward the staircase so quickly that neither jean nor the abbe had time to intercept him with three bounds he reached the chamber he walked straight to the bed and with a firm hand turned back the sheet that hid the face of the dead he recoiled with a heartbroken cry was this indeed the beautiful the radiant marianne whom he had loved to his own undoing he did not recognize her he could not recognize these distorted features this face swollen and discolored by poison these eyes which were almost concealed by the purple swelling around them when jean and the priest entered the room they found him standing with head thrown back eyes dilated with terror and rigid arm extended toward the corpse maurice said the priest gently be calm courage he turned with an expression of complete bewilderment upon his features yes he faltered that is what i need courage he staggered they were obliged to support him in an armchair be a man continued the priest where is your energy to live is to suffer he listened but did not seem to comprehend live he murmured why should i desire to live since she is dead the dread light of insanity glittered in his dry eyes the abbe was alarmed if he does not weep he will lose his reason he thought and in an imperious voice he said you have no right to despair thus you owe a sacred duty to your child he recoiled with a heartbroken cry the recollection which had given marianne's strength to hold death at bay for a moment saved maurice from the dangerous torpor into which he was sinking he trembled as if he had received an electric shock and springing from his chair that is true he cried take me to my child not just now maurice wait a little where is it tell me where it is i cannot i do not know an expression of unspeakable anguish stole over the face of maurice and in a husky voice he said what you do not know did she not confide in you no i suspected her secret i alone you alone then the child is dead perhaps even if it is living who can tell me where it is we shall undoubtedly find something that will give us a clue you are right faltered the wretched man when marianne knew that her life was in danger she would not have forgotten her child those who cared for her in her last moments must have received some message for me i wish to see those who watched over her who were they the priest averted his face i asked you who was with her when she died repeated maurice in a sort of frenzy and as the abbe remained silent a terrible light dawned on the mind of the stricken man he understood the cause of marianne's distorted features now 
she perished the victim of a crime he exclaimed some monster has killed her if she died such a death our child is lost forever and it was i who recommended who commanded the greatest precautions ah it is a curse upon me he sank back in his chair overwhelmed with sorrow and remorse and silent tears rolled slowly down his cheeks he is saved thought the abbe whose heart bled at the sight of such despair suddenly someone plucked him by the sleeve it was jean lacheneur and he drew the priest into the embrasure of a window what is this about a child he asked harshly a flood of crimson suffused the brow of the priest you have heard he responded laconically am i to understand that marianne was the mistress of maurice and that she had a child by him is this true i will not i cannot believe it she whom i revered as a saint did her pure forehead and her chaste looks lie and he maurice he whom i loved as a brother so his friendship was only a mask assumed to enable him to steal our honor he hissed these words through his set teeth in such low tones that maurice absorbed in his agony of grief did not overhear him but how did she conceal her shame he continued no one suspected it absolutely no one and what has she done with her child appalled by a dread of disgrace did she commit the crime committed by so many other ruined and forsaken women did she murder her own child a hideous smile curved his thin lips if the child is alive he said i will find it and maurice shall be punished for his perfidy as he deserves he paused the sound of horses hoofs upon the road attracted his attention and that of abbe midon they glanced out of the window and saw a horseman stop before the little footpath alight from his horse throw the reins to his groom and advance toward the borderie at the sight of the visitor jean lacheneur uttered the frightful howl of an infuriated wild beast the marquis de sairmeuse here he exclaimed he sprang to maurice and shaking him violently he cried up here is martial marianne's murderer up he is coming he is at our mercy maurice sprang up in a fury of passion but the abbe darted to the door and intercepted the infuriated men as they were about to leave the room not a word young men not a threat he said imperiously i forbid it at least respect the dead who is lying here there was such an irresistible authority in his words and glance that jean and maurice stood as if turned to stone before the priest had time to say more martial was there he did not cross the threshold with a glance he took in the whole scene he turned very pale but not a gesture not a word escaped his lips wonderful as was his accustomed control over himself he could not articulate a syllable and it was only by pointing to the bed upon which marianne's lifeless form was reposing that he asked an explanation she was infamously poisoned last evening replied the abbe sadly maurice forgetting the priest's commands stepped forward she was alone and defenceless i have been at liberty only two days but i know the name of the man who had me arrested at turin and thrown into prison they told me the coward's name instinctively martial recoiled it was you infamous wretch exclaimed maurice you confess your guilt scoundrel once again the abbe interposed he threw himself between the rivals persuaded that martial was about to attack maurice 
but no the marquis de sairmeuse had resumed the haughty and indifferent manner which was habitual to him he took from his pocket a bulky envelope and throwing it upon the table here he said coldly is what i was bringing to mademoiselle lacheneur it contains first a safe conduct from his majesty for monsieur d'escorval from this moment he is at liberty to leave poignot's farmhouse and return to escorval he is free he is saved he is granted a new trial and there can be no doubt of his acquittal here is also a decree of his non-complicity rendered in favor of abbe midon and an order from the bishop which reinstates him as cure de sairmeuse and lastly a discharge drawn up in due form and an acknowledged right to a pension in the name of corporal bavois he paused and as his astonished hearers stood rooted in their places with wonder he turned and approached marianne's bedside with hand uplifted to heaven over the lifeless form of her whom he had loved and in a voice that would have made the murderess tremble in her innermost soul he said solemnly to you marianne i swear that i will avenge you for a few seconds he stood motionless then suddenly he stopped pressed a kiss upon the dead girl's brow and left the room and you think that man can be guilty exclaimed the abbe you see jean that you are mad and this last insult to my dead sister is an honor i suppose said jean with a furious gesture and the wretch finds my hands by saving my father exclaimed maurice from his place by the window the abbe saw martial remount his horse but the marquis did not take the road to montaignac it was toward the chateau de coutomieu that he hastened End of chapter forty seven recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico